Hey, hey, welcome back to episode seven. I am so glad you're here with me today. I have something that, I'll be honest, even I'm still working through. I am constantly reminding myself of this concept that marriage is not 50-50. And there have even been studies done, studies of older couples who have been married for such a long time in these studies. The research shows that these couples use phrases like marriage is give and take. It is not an equal 50-50. And so we're going to talk today about is that biblical what does the Bible have to say about how we work together in a marriage? But then also, what can I do? What can I do if it's not 50-50? So I'll have some practical tips for you, but this is super important. It will help you reduce conflict in your marriage. It will strengthen your communication, and it'll help you get to know yourself better as well as your spouse. So excited to dig in today. Hey friend, welcome to the Intimacy After Infidelity podcast. I'm Christina Joy, forgiven daughter of Jesus, wife, mom, and affair recovery coach. Chances are you are stuck in a marriage that feels broken, and you're uncomfortable with even speaking the word affair. You want to avoid heartbreak and divorce, but lately marriage has felt filled with landmines. You're wishing there was a step-by-step manual for how to survive how to heal emotionally, how to rebuild your life, and maybe even enjoy it. Well, my dear, you are in the right place. So if you're ready to move forward, clothed with strength and dignity, then find that safe space and pop in that earbud. Let's rebuild your life and marriage better than it's ever been. Before we get started, I wanted to take a minute and read a review that was sent in from Pittsburgh Girl in AZ. And this said, I am so proud of Christina for launching this podcast. What a testimony of God's faithfulness. It has been beautiful to watch her healing journey with Jesus. Rather than staying stuck in shame, she's turning her mess into a message to share hope for hurting women who need to know God has good plans for them. If you need hope for your marriage and for your heart to find healing and freedom, take a listen. Thank you so much for leaving that review. Those are truly valuable to me, and they help me know if I'm giving you, the listener, what you need. So, friend, that is my heart behind this podcast. I want to be a testimony of God's faithfulness, and I want to share God's message that there is hope for healing, there is hope for joy, There is hope for reconciliation, of rebuilding that relationship, that marriage. And so, friend, if if any of that strikes a nerve because you've been wondering, I don't know, is there hope? Is it ever going to get better? Is it always going to feel like this? Friend, could I have 15 minutes of your time? I would love to sit with you over some virtual coffee. If you're local, we can definitely go grab coffee. But I want to sit with you for a few minutes, just hear your story, hear where you are, and just share some of God's love for you and your marriage and your life. Ah, I would love nothing better than that, to get to know you and how I can better serve you. So if you would reach out to me, I would love, be so honored to have just kind of that 15 minutes to spend some time with you and pour into you. 
So the first thing I wanted to look at today is just to ask the question, is the concept of marriage being 50-50, is that even biblical? Is that how marriage was designed? So in order to do that, we have to grab our Bibles and go all the way back to the book of Genesis to see how did God design marriage? Is it supposed to be a 50-50 relationship? Now in Genesis, if you read chapter 2 specifically, the, the end of chapter 1 and chapter 2, God assigned work to Adam and Eve. He gave them some jobs like be fruitful and multiply along with taking care of the garden and the animals. So what I find when I read those chapters is that God gave them some jobs. God did not distinguish, Adam, here's your to-do list, Eve, here's your to-do list, and you both better do it if you want to stay together. No, that's not at all how God talked with them. Their job, their roles were not conditional. He didn't say, Adam, go sweat in the fields as long as Eve is cooking your dinner every night. No, they were one and they together had jobs to do. Now, this also reminds me of the Trinity, God and Jesus and Holy Spirit. Maybe you've heard marriage compared to the Trinity. Marriage plus the Holy Spirit is meant to be an image a reflection of God, the Godhead in the Trinity. Think about them. God and Jesus and Holy Spirit each have their distinct role. For example, it was Jesus who died on the cross, not God or Holy Spirit. So they each have a distinct role, but they are working together. Jesus didn't say, well, I'll die on the cross if I know that Holy Spirit's going to do his job. No, they are each giving 100% of what they're supposed to be doing. And I also believe there's a level of trust. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt that each person will stay faithful to what they are supposed to be doing. And so they trust that the relationship will stay together that way. Okay, another practical example. I'm going to grab my Bible here. And read you a verse from Hosea chapter 3. And now if you don't know the story of Hosea, super quick recap is that I do believe this actually took place between a man and a woman, um, but it was also inspired by God where God was talking with Hosea and painting a picture for him. So God told Hosea, go marry a prostitute. And it's going to be really hard and it's going to stink. But go marry a prostitute and your marriage story is going to be a reflection of how Israel as a nation, what they were doing to God, how they were being adulterous and breaking their covenant relationship with God. So Hosea chapter three, the Lord said to Hosea, go and love your wife again even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods to love and worship them. So I read that verse because I don't hear Hosea saying, well, 
I'll love Gomer when she comes home and when she starts holding up her end of the bargain. After all, I married her. Isn't she supposed to be doing certain things for me and around our home for our family? No, God told Hosea, go pursue her. Go buy her back and bring her home. Hosea, you're going to do more than 50% of your work. You need to give 100% of yourself to her. Now, skip ahead a few chapters to Hosea chapter 14, and I'm going to read verse 4. The Lord says, Then I will heal you of your faithlessness. My love will know no bounds, for my anger will be gone forever. So what I love from that verse is that God is going to forgive my faithlessness So the times that I am not faithful, the times that I'm operating under my 50%, if you will, God forgives my faithlessness, but he loves me unconditionally. He says, my love will know no bounds. There's no condition on if Christina does these things, then I get the Lord's love. No, he loves me whether I'm giving 100% or zero. So again, I'm painting this biblical picture. If God is doing these things, if this is how he designed marriage, if this is how the Trinity works, if this is the the model that he has for us, then I better also pay attention and listen up. I don't think marriage is 50-50. I think I need to be faithful with what I have and what I've been given. Okay, so after looking at some biblical examples, I also want to look at one command. This comes from 1 Corinthians 13, and I want to pull out two specific commands. Love doesn't keep records or records of wrong, and love never gives up. Now, first, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I am not talking about situations like abuse or a constant sin against you. You do need to have healthy boundaries where you are safe, you are healthy, and all of that. So again, please don't hear what I'm not saying when I read the verse, love never gives up. We can talk about that another time. But what I am saying, are you expecting certain things that maybe aren't realistic or maybe aren't godly? I'm talking about things like who's cooking dinner, who's taking out the trash, Who's doing all the laundry? Who's spending more time with the kids? Who's getting more sleep or more rest? I found that I had a quiet voice, a very quiet voice in my mind that would whisper things like, I'm doing it all. He's doing nothing. I bet if I stopped doing the dishes or doing the laundry or or sweeping the floor, I bet if I stopped everything, then he would miss me. Then he'd see how much I do. Man, he got a night out with his friends. When do I get a night out with my friends? Or better yet, he got an evening away from bedtime. When do I ever get an evening away from doing the kids' bedtime? He's out spending some money. When do I get to go buy something for myself? Or the other way, boy, I don't spend any money because I want to protect our family financially What is he doing spending this money? So this quiet voice that was constantly comparing, 
I was keeping a record. He's doing this or not doing this, and this is what I'm doing. And it caused division between us. So you do need to take care of yourself. Again, you have needs, you have boundaries, take care of yourself. But I'm talking about keeping records of those things that you're doing. Can you choose to love without conditions? I love you even if I'm the one that does the dishes every day. I love you even if I'm the one washing the laundry every day. Can I love without conditions? Can I choose to give 100%, give my best effort, because it's what I'm called to do when I obey Christ? For me and my house, I think of it like a triangle. At the very top, I am loving God. I am loving God first, and I'm building my relationship with him. Then comes my marriage. Then comes my children. And then comes business or other responsibilities. So again, that question, if I am obeying Christ, can I choose to give 100% of my best effort? So back to this question of is a marriage 50-50? Or if you've heard the other number, marriage is really 100-100. I can only control my number. Let me say that again. You can only control your number. You can't control his or anybody else's for that matter. So what if you woke up in the morning asking yourself, what can I do for him today? Small thing. I'm not talking move mountains. What's one small thing that I could do for him today? What could I do to make his day just a little bit better Or how could I help to support or ease a burden that he's carrying right now? See, the fact is, friend, you made the covenant of marriage. So you have the power to keep your word and do your best. And I know you might not like what I'm saying right now. Because I can almost hear you saying, yeah, but... But if you knew what he did, or if you saw everything he didn't do, if you knew his broken promises, if you knew the hundred times that I've asked him to do something and he said he would and he still hasn't, friend, I hear you and I've been there. But let me lovingly remind you, you are going to stand before God one day. And yes, your husband will too. But you are going to stand before God and be accountable for your actions. So how are you doing? Are you giving your best effort in the marriage, whatever that is? Maybe today you're well, you're healthy, you're able to do a lot, and you can give your 100%. Maybe a month from now, you're sick and in the hospital, and you can't give your 100%. But wherever you are today, are you doing your best to love, to pursue, to build your relationship with God, and then from that, learn how to better love your husband? So you do need to recognize your needs. And actually, I talked about this in the last episode, episode six, where I talked about the SPIES acronym. 
and learning to recognize what you need, how you are feeling. But then take it a step further and recognize that your needs don't have to be met by him. Some things, yes, let's talk about it. The sexual intimacy needs to only be met by your husband and nobody else. However, if there's a season where he's not meeting your sexual needs, what are you going to do then? Take it to the Lord. You can only control your efforts. You cannot control your husband. And so when you go back to that verse in 1 Corinthians 13, love keeps no records. You've got to throw that list out the window and never look at it again. Better yet, throw it in the fire. Burn it. Get rid of it. There is no more list of who's doing what. You control your actions, your thoughts, your words, and the rest is left to God. So I would love to pray with you over your marriage, over your spouse, over your situation. If you would be so inclined to reach out to me, whether on Instagram at Christina Joy Coaching or through an email, um, Christina at ChristinaJoyCoaching.com, reach out to me and I would be so honored to spend a few minutes with you praying and asking for God's blessing over your marriage. Um, I would love to intercede to heaven's gates on behalf of the situation that you're going through and whether it feels hopeless and you're just wondering if things will ever change. Friend, there is hope. There is healing. It is possible. And I would love to continue the conversation with you. So reach out to me. Let me know how you're doing. And I will see you again on Thursday. Thank you so much for hanging out here today. If you need to talk more about this topic, would you send me a message on Instagram at Christina Joy Coaching? Or if you want to know the first steps out of an affair, as well as what to do before agreeing to divorce, I'd love for you to grab my free training at ChristinaJoyCoaching.com. But if this encouraged your heart, please take a minute and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend so I can continue getting this show out to more women who need it. As always, be clothed with strength and dignity and laugh without fear of the future.